It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into another edition of the Skinny Podcast. It's the Potpourri Edition with Rick Broering. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports comments editor. As always, it's presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Rick, take it away. Skinny, the Bengals have tabbed 35-year-old Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor as the head coach they look to hire when Los Angeles season ends, according to multiple reports. Taylor was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at UC in 2016 for Tommy Tuberville. He also spent three years with the Miami Dolphins, where he spent time on Coach Joe Philbin's staff as interim offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and assistant quarterbacks coach. Do you like the decision to hire Zach Taylor by the Bengals, assuming that's how it all plays out? Um, the only reason I don't is, is I'm just going to give you his resume. Because I don't, I mean, look, let's face it, these coaching hires are crapshoots. And, and I don't, I don't want to say that as a cop-out, because I'm going to give you a reason why I, I, I don't think he deserves this job in just a second. I, I mean, I, I would have thought Nick Saban would have been a home-run NFL hire, right? I mean, established college coach, he flunked. Um, nobody knew who Andy Reid was when he became the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Some people did. I mean, he was on some some good staffs. But, I mean, a lot of this stuff is, it looks like this guy's going to be a great head coach. Steve Spurrier, you thought his, his fun and gun, it would work in, in the NFL because he was running a pro-style passing attack in college. Didn't work. He was a failure. So, you, you, you really, you don't know. Nobody knew Sean McVay was going to be this kind of success. But I'm going to give you this. Seven years ago, he was a graduate assistant in college. It's fine. Everybody's got to start somewhere, right? I mean, that's, so that's where he starts. He's got five games of NFL offensive coordinator experience under his belt. I'm just giving you the resume. Five games. In those five games, his offense wasn't very good. It averaged 17 points a game. Some of that wasn't his fault. Obviously, he was an interim because the offense wasn't going very well anyway, and it didn't improve very much when, when he was the, the coordinator. So one year as a coordinator in college, one year, one year of, 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 of leading an offense, and they were 123rd out of 128 teams in Division One in, in points per game. Again, not all his fault. There were some other issues. Roster wasn't all that good. There, there are things, right? Well, they went what four and seven. That they went year? four and eight. Yeah, four, four and eight. eight. All right. So that's what, so all you have really to go on is five games as an NFL offensive coordinator, one year as a college offensive coordinator, and really fail in both. I mean, right now his main claim to fame is this: he sits at the right hand of the Messiah, Sean McVay. That it, it's like the Sean McVay magic is going to rub off on this guy and bring it to the Bengals. Just on resume alone, I hate the hire. It's not. It's it's no. I hate it. But it is, I will be the first to admit, it's a crapshoot. And what you're hoping to do is you're hoping to capture the next Sean McVay. But this dude may be a once-in-a-generational type coach that just, he's got it. And yeah, it took somebody to roll the dice and take a chance on him to show that he has it. I'm not convinced that this guy has it, not based on that resume. Do you? No. I'm not so sure Sean McVay has it yet. Right. Like, like he looks really good right now. He also has a really good team that's pretty talented and a kind of not, I wouldn't say necessarily a down year for the NFL, but a year where it's a little more ambiguous at the top of who the best teams actually yeah. are. So, I, no, I, I don't think you should feel like this is a home run hire by any stretch of the imagination. The problem is exactly what you said. I don't think I'd ever feel like an NFL coach is a home run hire Correct. because it is such a crapshoot. And so what am I looking for in an NFL coach? Well, I guess I'm looking for the unknown more than anything with the Bengals hire right now. I like the Zach Taylor hire simply because we have no clue what he's going to do. And that may not be a good thing, but at least it's not Marvin Lewis or Hugh Jackson or Vance Joseph or even some other retread from the NFL that has set in his ways and we don't know what's coming. And that, that's a great response. The only, My only response back to that, the counter argument to that is, do you trust these people to make a quality hire? No, of course not. Right. But that's the same situation whether you're hiring... 
an older name that we knew, no, a younger name. Like yeah. the same people are going to be making the hire regardless. I'm just doing it. If I'm doing, if I'm being honest on a blind resume, if that resume came across my desk as a as a NFL decision maker. There's no way that guy even gets an interview, right? It does nothing to move the needle. Yes. The resume is not impressive at all. And that, I guess I that's totally the point agree. for me is, is I got to at least have, I've got to have something to go off of, not just the hope that this guy sat at the right hand of the Messiah, Sean McVay, and the Sean McVay magic. He got that magic water. You seen those commercials for that magic water? Yes. People, people, yeah. I got a $23,000 check in the mail. I got a new car. No, you, you just didn't. You're a liar, but that's okay. I mean, is it like the Sean McVay magic water is going to rub off on this cat? Well, in a way, though, don't you think there's something to, like, in terms of being an NFL coach, because you're not the offensive coordinator. You're not the defensive coordinator. You're not the position coach. You really are kind of the, just this manager of people. Okay, that's fine. But but here's the thing. He's only had to do it in, in, a, in a room of offensive players for five NFL games. Now you're asking him to do it in front of 53 dudes each Monday and explain what went right, what went wrong, the direction, what we're going to do this coming week. I, I agree. Ooh, boy. I, I agree. But I think the key to that, the key to all of that and, and the position as an NFL head coach, because you are more of an overseer and a manager of personalities and people than you are necessarily having to be like a, a genius X and O guy. Well, see, but I think they want him to be the genius X and O guy. They want him to be the next Sean McVay. They want him to be the play caller. They want him to do those things. That's why you're hiring him, right? Right. And and, and that's fine. But I, but I guess my point is, I do think there's a little something to the mystique of we think he's the next young genius. Like the fact that there is kind of an unknown and there's not a lot of scuttlebutt out there about what type of guy this is or what he's going to be as a coordinator or coach. I think it does give him a little isn't bit of a alarming, mystique. but isn't that a little alarming? Of, of too? course it, of course it is. But I think, isn't and, it a little alarming that not one of the other openings even sniffed at Zach Taylor? I think it is. Yeah. We talked about that last right. week. I think that was the case with almost everyone. The Bengals looking at it's kind of alarming. That other than no the one, enemy probably, yeah. but no one really wanted him either. Right. It didn't seem right. like, I mean, right. there certainly weren't any, weren't any offers on the table. So, the only thing is, I think basically I wanted anything that was new and what I didn't know, and he at least is that. And I do think like he does come from that Sean McVay offensive minded. It doesn't mean it's going to help him at all, but at least it's like he. I think it just has the the reputation behind it, or not reputation is probably not the right word, but the branding. He's got the branding coming in of. Being from the Sean McVay, being the young, unknown offensive mind that's kind of going to mix things up, I think it just brings some excitement. And whether that actually works, we won't find out until we get into this thing. But at least the initial play here, I think it creates some excitement. You know, the only thing, though, in, in the year he was at UC, again, it was very dysfunctional. It was Tommy Tuberville's on his way out. Um, you know, it was just a dysfunctional year all the way around. But if you could have somehow found a way to make that offense 68th in the country, 73rd in the not 123 of 128. I mean, show that tells me that maybe you don't have enough creativity when things aren't going your way to make things work. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm going to say it was probably a little bit more Tommy Tuberville not making anyone show up to practice Understood. than it was, uh, you know, Zach Taylor's play calling. But but if I'm running that offense, I'm going to make sure my guys are doing the right things and, 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 and playing the game the right way. And although I mean, that's my job. If the head coach wants to check out, that's his decision. That's not my decision. I'm going to make him look bad by working even harder, probably. I have to say, if you were going to hire a Coach Taylor, you got to go get the real Coach Taylor from Permian High School and Friday Night Lights, right? <laughs> I, think that's I, mean, I'm, I think that's a good call. Yeah, I, I feel like I, it I'm is. good with that. That would be a better call. Yeah. I'm good for that. I just, again, I'm just going off the, re off the resume. It tells me, ugh. Um, but I would, I'd be willing to tell you that this is the anti Marvin Lewis, the anti old boy network. And I think that's what Bengals fans will, will, will gather around. But if he starts one and four, 
This will be, you'll hear, when, here's the next one. When's the first time you hear this is just like David Shula? Pretty soon. Pretty like, quick. Look, look, as soon as this team loses a game, like if it's within the first two games, yes. and if they look ugly at yes. all, everyone's going to be saying he's in Everest head. Yes, correct. Immediately. R- whether that's right or not, that's exactly yeah. what's going to I mean, we'll place. have no idea at that point, but that's what everyone will be saying. Correct. Former Bengals quarterback Carson Palmer didn't have much in the way of advice for young Mr. Taylor while speaking in advance of an appearance next week in the LPGA Celebrity Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions. Palmer said, it's a tough job. There's no doubt about that. There's some jobs that are easier than others, that's for sure. That's one of the tougher ones in the league without having just the natural GM and the same scouting department. Some of the things other teams throughout the league have. My only advice would be, good luck. What do you think of Carson Palmer continuing to just kind of needle the Bengals and Bengals management? I like it. I like it. I think it's kind of funny. Now, because here's an insider telling you how to. Even though we 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 see the dysfunction, this is an insider telling you that's messed up. There, man, it's messed up. Well, and it's a guy that really doesn't say a whole lot normally. Correct. So it is interesting when he's willing to speak up. That being said. Carson Palmer annoys me, man. I feel like he was as much of the problem with that team and its oh, dysfunction and him I, not I, being a leader I as anyone else in that locker room. I, I, I know what you're saying because he was he was he, he probably should have spoken up publicly about his disdain for the way things were being done. Or, but he, this could have been him also. This just not his nature. And he's telling he's telling Marvin, I, I can't deal with Chad Johnson constantly in my ear telling me throw me the ball, and I'm I can't deal with To at the same time. And yet, this is what you guys have brought me. I, I, I get it, man. I, I, I get some of it. And you're right. I, I guess you can make him culpable for some of it. But I, I think when you saw him want out of here, and he did the Bengals a favor too because they gave him a couple draft picks for him. So I'll, 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 I'll be happy with that. But I think it's kind of – I think it's really interesting when an insider keeps giving you just a little jab to really give us affirmation of what we know of the dysfunction of this franchise. I, I don't think he's lying. I think what no, he's saying is absolutely. accurate. I just keep. It was nice of him to wish him luck. I I'm thought. annoyed that he keeps talking about the Bengals when he was he was just as dysfunctional as the rest of the team, as in my opinion. God, yes, he was man. a talented player, but Chad Johnson isn't like the biggest diva in the world. Lots of receivers are just as bad or more than Chad Johnson. At least he was yeah. fun loving. At least he was the best receiver in the NFL at the time that he played when he was yeah. in his prime. Of time, so yeah. you can put up with a little bit more from a guy like that. Well, he I think was he did because and, of that, and I don't think he was a jerk bad guy. I think he was annoying. Yes. and a you know, a little bit too much nonsense, but I don't think he was like a bad guy. I think he was a guy you can absolutely live with in your locker room, especially when things are going well, if, which they if, were, if things are which going they well. were for most part of that tenure. And if Carson Palmer can't find a way to get that guy on his side and have them together in that locker room, to me, that's on him as much as it is on Chad Johnson and anybody else in that locker room. And the fact that he just wanted out because he couldn't figure out a way to bring those guys together. Dude has no leadership skills at all whatsoever. No charisma. We talk about people, these guys not wanting to follow Andy Dalton. I think they fight for Andy Dalton a heck of a lot more than anyone ever fought for Carson Palmer. So he just annoys me. I guess my other question would be... I think, wait a minute, he wished the young man good luck. My other question is, has the organization improved at all since he left, in your opinion? I say no. No. I don't think it is. No, that's, I, I wrote that a couple of weeks ago, that, that if you're going to make this head coaching change, which they did, at the time they had not made the change yet, that, that if you're going to make this head coaching change, it's time to make all those other changes too. Add scouts. Get a real GM. Get a bona fide GM. Get, uh, get an analytics group together. Do things that modern NFL teams do. 
they haven't done that. So, I mean, that's where the other part of the Zach Taylor hire makes me just go, all right, is this guy just going to come in and be a yes man for what's going on and have no balls to do anything and not have the ability to do anything? Or is this maybe a nod to, hey, look, I don't want this young guy, but I'll do it because that's what you guys are telling me. And okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, it. It's kind of a yin and a yang with all this, but I'm with Carson Palmer. I wish the kid luck. I think that's a nice thing to do. Skinny ESPN regraded the 2018 NFL offseason this week, and the Bengals were dropped slightly from a C to a C minus. The big stories in the offseason were, of course, the trade for Cordy Glenn and Billy Price, Jesse Bates, and Sam Hubbard being taken at the top of the NFL draft. I don't think there was really anyone else in the draft that made much of an impact this year for the Bengals. Right. Um, when you look back at last offseason, do you agree now with a C minus grade? I'd go back to a C, maybe even a B minus. I mean, you, you got a left tackle that, that was he great? No, but he, he wasn't what Cedric Abway was, which was a picket fence. He's not Andrew Whitworth, but he was solid. I'd never, I mean, I, I never watched the game where I went, boy, Cordy Glenn just sucks. I never, you know, Cordy Glenn's dominate, but I never thought he stunk. So that was a needed, necessary move, and they, and they made it. Um, you know, Jesse Bates, I thought, had a great rookie season. Was was all rookie. That doesn't always mean anything. Billy Price was all rookie, so that tells you it doesn't always mean anything. Uh, Billy Price, I don't think, was their first choice at center, and unfortunately, they felt they, the need to, to go get a center. They got him, and the jury's still out on him. Sam Hubbard, I thought, as the year went on, was was became really, really good, and his upside is, is good. They, they probably didn't address right tackle the way maybe you should have attacked it. I mean, Bobby Hart was a cast off from the Giants and uh, good old Bobby just wasn't very good this year. And, and maybe they thought that Jake Fisher and Cedric Boy between the three of them that maybe one of the young guys would step up and, and you wouldn't have to play Bobby Hart and it turned out you had to play Bobby Hart. Um, but no, I mean, for the most part, I thought their offseason, they addressed some needs. I mean, where they, where they started to falter was when everybody started to get hurt left and right. And that, that factored in the equation and the fact that Vontez Perfect that they counted on uh, to be a quality linebacker isn't anymore. And, and he was hurt some. So, and they weren't going to address that need. I mean, could they have gone earlier? I don't know. I mean, Preston Brown was a, was a solid signing. Preston Brown got hurt. I mean, at the, at the start of the year, if, if you know you sign Preston Brown, who's coming off of a playoff team as a starting middle linebacker, still not an old guy, so it's not like you're taking some guy at 35, you're taking a guy at, at 26. You thought you had something in Nick Vigil, not a great player, but certainly a solid player, and you thought, okay, if Vontez can become what Vontez used to be, then we're fine at linebacker. Well, turns out Preston got hurt. Vontez now is, is literally, he's finished, and, and Nick Vigil got hurt for a good chunk of the season. So if you're talking about offseason stuff, I thought they did a pretty good job in the offseason. It just, unfortunately, for some injury sake, I, it didn't work out. Well, I think it depends on how you feel about the Cordy Glenn uh, trade as much as anything because Cordy Glenn had missed 17 games in each of the right. last two seasons. Yeah. So everyone knew that he was injury prone, and that's what happened this year. He got hurt, and yeah. he also his play, play tailed off when he came back from that injury, too. Well, I, I just never, there was no, wasn't many games where I went, eh, boy, this guy, he's just getting. No, he wasn't terrible. He was certainly better than what they had. But in trying to trade for him, they also went from the 12th pick in the draft to 22nd. Yep, correct. That's a significant jump. And you just mentioned they end up with Billy Price, who probably wasn't their first choice at center. Right. Well, that's because they traded back 10 spots in the draft, which I don't know. I think you have to look at that Cordy Glenn trade ahead of time and say, do we feel he's worth it even if he gets hurt? And the way the way the risk played out, it didn't end up working out for them. And. I think that can be looked at one of two ways. You can say, hey, that wasn't worth the risk because I think it was, you're though. a draft and develop type team and you ended up giving away. But the last time they tried to draft, draft and develop was Cedric Abway and Jake Fisher. That didn't work out so good. I don't disagree with you. But like I but again, if you're going to say, Hey, we're this type of team, you can't panic 
just because you got it wrong a time or two, you know. Fair, and, and, but but I, at, at the point of time, you needed a left tackle, right? I mean, you you, did. you desperately needed a left. I tackle. I didn't hate the decision, by the way. I'm yeah. just more so playing the devil's advocate. Yeah. And, and that's say, what they're I doing here. They're they're doing this in retrospect, and they admit right. they're doing this in retrospect. But um, even doing it in retrospect, I I can point and go. But I get that. I I understand that. I get that. the only place they didn't was. Bobby Hart at right tackle. Yeah, and, and I well, I will say, I think the linebacker, we knew linebacker was a bigger issue coming in before right, last but, season. But you had signed Preston Brown, who you at least thought was right. going to be a, 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 certainly an upgrade over Kevin Minter, for but, goodness sake. But sakes. it felt like stopgaps at the time. Yes. We said that ahead yes. of last year, that it yes. felt like stopgaps, and it ended up being even worse than that because Vontez completely fell right. off in a they, way they of no one They rolled the dice that Vontez was going to be the old Vontez, and he certainly isn't even close to that. And and Preston Brown had never had an injury history. He played in all every every game he'd played, all six 64 games of his career, he he played in them for for Buffalo. So there was no injury history for him. Um, no, I, I, I'm going back. I'm going to go B minus now. I thought they plugged the holes they needed to plug. Maybe not with huge upgrades, but certainly upgrades. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of guys start getting hurt, and the season goes south. More importantly, though, the reason it's I would drop it from a C to a C minus. I do agree with ESPN here. Bringing back Marvin Lewis for lame duck season was <laughs> so you, stupid. No, I agree with that. It that, was that, so that, stupid. It's funny you say that. I, that that's that, and that that part's fair because that's part of the off season, right? I think you that lo- is part of the off yes, season. Yes, I yeah. think you lost as much momentum there as you did with anything else. Although they started four and one, they did. But I think everyone knew as soon as things started to go bad, that was like, well, this that, that was it. He never should have been here in the first place. I think everyone inside the locker room knew he's done now, and it, it totally changed. It totally changed the tenor of the season as soon as things went south a little bit. I, I thought that really hurt them with him being back in that locker room. Uh, if it's not him, I think it's a little bit different. You've got I don't up, know if it would have been. I really I think, I, I think the injuries up, did take a toll. It absolutely fairness. did, but I think the mo- like the the psyche in the locker room is you've got the upward momentum of a new coach trying to build things instead of everyone going, "Well, let's get to the end of the season and see if they're finally going to get rid of this old man now." That's what the rest of the season yes. seemed like to no, me. No, it did. I mean, I and mean, that's being different. in that locker room that's all the time, that's exactly what it felt like. I, I, I'll, I'll give you that part of it. But again, I'm just going to give you, they started 4-1 until injuries started to hit. And and whether that whether this would have been a playoff team or not, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen how it played out. That's the only thing I would tell you. Rick, after dropping back-to-back Big East games at home against Seton Hall and then getting trounced at Marquette, Xavier bounced back last week to win a couple of come-from-behind wins, coming back from 17 down to beat Georgetown, coming from 10 down with four minutes to play to beat Butler at the Cintas Center. Musketeers now in third place in the Big East at 3-2 and two in conference play. Um, I had a buddy of mine whose dad thought they were going to go 3-15 and 15 in the league, and I thought that was a little absurd. So at least, at the very least, they will go 3-15 and 15 in the league. But I'll ask you, how many games do you think Xavier now is capable of winning inside the conference to where honestly 10 and 8 might get you a four seed in the tournament i mean they're in a good spot you know in terms of where they stand in the conference because everyone's beaten up on each right. other i don't think they're going to be able to sustain this they do have a backloaded schedule yeah. where they're going to have to play some really difficult road games in those final few weeks but uh, maybe get some confidence going but yeah and they also won a couple games that they needed to have here early in the the conference slate where we didn't know what was going to happen because it looked like they were kind of reeling there for a bit so it's funny with the fan base the expectations change with every game now yeah you know it's it's, it's a total roller coaster at this Travis point in over his head no he's a really good coach you're out of the troops boy they really suck no they're really good they're playing really well they're, they're gonna be over 500 in conference now I think more than likely, you know, we started the season. I was around nine and nine. I thought they could go 500, maybe lose two games at home, win a couple on the road, and they'd end up right there at, at around 500. I dropped that down to more like six or seven games a few weeks ago when we saw how they were right. struggling in the non-conference portion. You, you going back? Are you on the roller coaster down too? No, I feel I feel right about seven is the is the correct answer. I think they're probably about two games under 500. They've got a chance to get up to eight. I think now the way they they sort of stole a game or two last week. Um, but 
I still think there's going to be every single game is going to be a struggle for this team. And more often than not, they're not going to be the better team offensively in terms of making shots with the game on the line. So at Cintas Center, they may be able to pull a few of these out on the road. I don't see them having the same type of magic where they're able to pull out, come from behind wins. So I think I still think it's going to be very but, difficult but, for them to win can, many more games. Can you win at Georgetown? Can you? Not yes. You, okay, can they win at Georgetown? Yes. Can they win at Providence? Absolutely. Can they win uh, at Butler? Yes. Okay. I mean, so now we're talking about some win, not games that you're definitely going to win, but the games that you can. Can, yeah. you, can they win at, at St. John's? Yeah. Yes. But hold on. Let me let me rephrase the question to you. Can they lose at home to DePaul? No. Yes. No. Okay. I'm absolutely. Go, I'm going they no can. On that one. Can they lose at home to Providence? No, yes. I don't think they can. Absolutely, they can. Can they, I mean, they can, the, here's the thing: they can lose to literally anyone at home or on the road, and they can also beat anyone in the conference this year. It's except, just, except Villanova at Villanova. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think this is the year for him at Villanova. Wouldn't that be something? That I would, really. We think, talked about that on the podcast Sunday. Wouldn't that be something that this is the year of all years that you just go in with house money? Realize, I mean, these guys don't know any better, right? I think that's part of it. Yeah, it, it is the house money thing. And I this don't is not think, a dominant Nova team. It's a good Nova team. It's certainly. I mean, you're coming off losing a bunch of dudes off a national title team, but I think the mental aspect of it, of it is a big part. They don't have the same pressure they've had when they've gone to Villanova in any of these other years, where they feel like hey, we finally need to get over hump, beat these guys. I think everyone's kind of like, well, this is a loss this year. So, and Villanova's not nearly as dominant as right, they've correct. been. And to me, the game at Marquette was the toughest game for them. And they already lost that one. Yes. Um, so, after that, it literally feels like any game they can win and any game they can lose, I'm home go- or away. I'm, I'm going 9-9. I'm, going nine nine. I'm sticking with 9-9. Nine nine. So, you, so, you think 9 wins is most yes. likely? Yes. I think 8 wins is most likely. I could possibly see 9. I think they could drop down to seven. I think I think they're going to win more than six games. I don't think they're going below. I that. do too. So, yeah, I, do I think too. seven or eight is I mean, pretty well. You come likely. out of, if you come out of Nova with your psyche intact, you win the next two games. You look up, you're five and three in the league because those next two games are home games. So. Yeah, I think I think the key is they have to win two of those next three, or at least two of these next four, including Villanova. Yeah, and yeah. if you do that, you're right on right on pace for what you kind of expected all along. Exactly. All right, Skinny, it's time to take a look at some of our betting lines Whoa, for this weekend. I was weekend. dreadful last week. Were you? Dreadful. Remember, I took all four underdogs. Yeah, you did. So I took, I got one win, and I barely got that win thanks to the uh, Saints missing a field goal. So I got that Eagle win. I called an outright win by the Chiefs. Not even close. Not so much. I, called an out, I mean, by the uh, Colts, rather. And I called an outright win by the Chargers. Not so good. Well, let's start with uh, the Sunday game, 3.05 p.m. Rams at Saints in the NFC Championship game. The Saints are favored by three and a half in that game. The total, 56 and a half. What do you think about this well, Remember, one? they played in the regular season. It was 45-35. I, I don't think it even comes close to approaching that. Saints have just not played very well offensively for, what, the last month and a half, it feels like. No, they, but they, look they, where they're at. I know. they're in, the, And some of that is because their defense has been good, but they're missing a big piece in Sheldon Rankins, um, especially against a team that can run the ball like the Rams can run it. And they're running it, I think, even better now with C.J. Anderson um, as, a, as a second back to, to, to Todd Gurley. I mean, it gives him a great one-two punch. I think the Rams go in there and get business done. I'm, I'm and, and you're going to give me points. I'll take the Rams. I'll go Rams 24-23 field goal at the gun. I always like field goal at the gun. They don't even shoot the gun anymore. No, but but I like it. But field for those, goal at the for gun. Those, that's an OG reference, by the way. They used to shoot a gun at the end of the game. They didn't shoot it at people. They shot a gun in the air. Literally, gun went off. This was before the double doink. Yes, correct. Now we have now we have sound effects like that. We don't exactly. need guns. Correct. Uh, no, I love I love that call. I like the Rams in this one too. The, the funny thing is you, you have both of these teams who are kind of known as these almost like finesse offenses all year where they're not the smash mouth tough right. defensive teams. I could totally see them both coming in, looking at each other and being like, 
we can beat these guys up. Yep. And then they play yep. a little more conservative. I could see this game going under. In fact, that I mean, that Vegas is good. That Vegas, Vegas is good. Is good. That, that 56 and a half is tempting, but I'm going to go under in that one. I think I go Rams money line and I go under. Ooh. Maybe parlay it. I, I kind of like this game. I might get down on that. All right. One. I like it. I like yeah. it. The second game uh, is at 640 on Sunday. You got Patriots at Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs are favored by three. 54 and a half is the total in that game. I know you're going to go Patriots and you're just going to make me look bad again because I just keep... I've called for their demise since about week six. you, you got to give me a little bit credit for last <laughs> I, week, I do. Right? You, After the first quarter of that you, game... You said you said they were going to... You didn't even say it was going to be close. Yeah. You said New England was going to trounce them and you were so right. I and mean, the, after last week, we they now look like the best team left. Do they yep, not? But, but going on the road, they're, they're, they are a different team at home. I mean, at yeah, home, keep they, doubting them. they own people at home. Keep doubting them. See, the Chiefs, I think for them, the, the, the roadblock has been trying to just get a playoff win, right? Get a Because they've stumbled a little bit here under Andy Reid. Well, they got it. And they're in the gym. Andy Reid's had some, some NFC. Do you remember five straight NFC championship oh, yeah. games with the Eagles and got the one Super Bowl out of it? So this is kind of a bugaboo for him. But this Chiefs team, I think, is really good. I think we started to, I don't know why we started to sleep on them a little bit at the end of the year. Maybe it was because they weren't rolling up. Forty-five yeah, points. Yeah, they, they went normal. From, they, well, I think we got Chiefs fatigue. We talked probably. about them so much and in Kareem, Mahomes, and losing so Kareem, much and early. Losing Kareem Hunt was a little bit of a factor. Probably now they've adjusted to life without Kareem Hunt. And I think you're right. I think it was a little bit of fatigue of well, that's all we heard about. They were so dynamic right. early in the season. Mahomes was so good, and the Kareem Hunt situation that all of a sudden when they did tail off a little bit, it was like, well, we don't. That's not as exciting to talk about anymore. They're not yeah. wowing us anymore. But they're still a darn good football team. And I think the Chiefs maybe they they've started to figure some out defensively. I mean, they really dominated. It. I mean, if not for the block punt in the first half, um, they, they go in the locker room completely in charge of that game. And Indy didn't get a first down until, what, under five minutes to go in the first half. Yeah, uh, it, This is Tom Brady in a spot where Tom Brady finds ways to win, but not now. It's over. Dynasty done. Oh, yeah, this Good is it. Good night, nurse. Yep, this is, <laughs> this it. is it. This is it. Good night, nurse. Dynasty over. Chiefs 31-14. I, I hope you're right because I want Chiefs-Rams. That is the matchup that I want to see 100%. I think that would you be... You want to see a 59-55 game again? Well, I think it'd be fantastic. I, I don't think we'll get there, but... I think it'd be super fun to watch, but it's also new, right? It's yes. like so completely yeah. different from what we've seen recently. I'd love to see it. Unfortunately, you're an absolute fool for picking against the Patriots again I'm only and also goal. calling for their demise Demi- while over. they're in the AFC Dynasty Championship done. again. Dynasty done. No, put all your money on the Patriots as much as you can possibly put on them. They're going to win the Super Bowl again this year. Dynasty done. Take it to over. the bank. Last time we see Belichick and Brady in an AFC Championship game. Enjoy it if you're a Patriots fan. It's the last time. Dynasty done. Don't even worry about the spread right here. Just take Patriots on the money line. Hammer it as hard as you can. I'm staying away from the total on this one. I don't like don't it. Don't forget, it's going to be brutal cold. Yeah, brutal. I, I know. and that's, Which means the wind's probably blowing too. And Yeah, I, I still, it's still Patriots, Chiefs. I don't like either one of these defenses very much. I love both offenses. I think I'm just staying away from that one because I'd be tempted to take the under, and I don't want to take the under with that, either of these yeah, two teams and that playing. that is fair because it, it, it has a chance for, like, big play, big play, big right, play, Right, that's the play. thing. You just I, don't I know what will happen in the second half I'm, of that game. I, Chiefs, Chiefs 31-14. I'm sticking with that number. 31-14, dynasty done. I can't wait to come back in next week and talk well, about how wrong you were. I was, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first to ever admit that, and I was completely wrong on the Patriots last Sunday. I will not be wrong on this one. Well, I will not be wrong. I said I want to see Rams, Chiefs. What matchup do you want to see most? I can't want to see that. I'm with you. I, I, either either NFC team I like. I, 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 Same. 
I, I love watching Drew Brees. So do play. I. I really it's, do. I, he's just fun to watch plus play. We can't. I mean, he's still playing at such high level, but he can't have that much left in the tank. So it's like, like Brady. What can he have left? I mean, they're, I, they're, I know. But I've seen plenty of plenty of Brady in these moments. I know. I, it'd be cool to see Brees get another big time yeah. moment like this. I would be fine with that for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Either either NFC team, but I want to see the Chiefs. I, I want to see it, and we're going to see it because dynasty done. Well, I hope you're right. Unfortunately, you're not. Per usual. That takes us to uh, college basketball. Starting on Friday night, Skinny, XU, they travel to Villanova. The spread, of, of course, is according to Ken Palm. Villanova favored by 10, total 136. What are you thinking? Nova just owns them. I'll go, uh, this this has a chance to be a Nova 75-57. I think Xavier have a hard time scoring. Um, I, I think people are going to get over their skis again that, oh, God, Xavier sucks, and it, it won't be. It'll just be that Nova just owns them. Um, I'm leaning leaning towards the under a little bit just because of Xavier's issues, um, and and Nova hasn't Nova's okay offensively. Um, that seventy five fifty seven feels right. I think you're right on Villanova's total. About seventy five points seems right to me. I actually think Xavier covers this ten number. I'm not really? I'm not going to pick them to win this game here. But no, I, I know do, that. But I do think this one. I think they get down a little bit. They come back, make it closer in the second half, and can't quite finish it off with them being on the road. They won't make enough shots. I'm going to go 75. I'm sticking with that number for Villanova. I'm going to say Xavier scores 66. They slide in just under that number. You feel they get 66 on the road at a quality road opponent? Ooh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I like it. There you go. All right. Very good. Then on uh, Saturday, Skinny, you got UK at Auburn. Auburn is favored by three in that game, total of 145. And we've been talking so much about UK both here and our Skinny College Basketball podcast we do on Sunday nights. We've been kind of waiting for a game like this. The SEC is so loaded this year. The Cats haven't played many true road games, period. Getting to see them play a premier road game against one of the best teams in their conference. I mean, one in my opinion, one of the best teams in the entire country. Yeah. I'm really excited for this one. I am too. Um, and I'm excited to find out what Kentucky's about. Because I, the Bama game, I'm not getting over my skis. First conference game on the road, had a chance to win it, didn't do it, lost by two. Then you come back home and you you get off to a sluggish start against A&M and then kind of, kind of take care of business. Same with Vanderbilt game. But both of those are at home, so you're able to overcome it. Georgia isn't great. I mean, they did handle Georgia and, and, and kind of took care of, of business with Georgia. But Georgia's not going anywhere. They're not very good. They're a sub-500 team. Um I, this is a game you find a little more out about Kentucky, and I just don't think they're good enough to go on the road um, and beat Auburn. And because I think Auburn wins it, I think they they cover the number. It won't be by a lot. It's not going to be a, a blowout. I'll go Auburn by five. I'll go Auburn, Auburn seventy eight seventy three. So I think it goes over. The key to me is. How did Keldon Johnson and Ashton Haggins handle the basketball right. in terms of their right. decision making? Not just I don't think they're gonna like turn the ball over in the backcourt against Auburn's press. Right, but, but the question is when they get into the front court, are they sped up and now making bad decisions? Are they rushing? How because, much do you attack them though, or how much do you do you be patient and, and use your size no, to your advantage? You go straight to the rim every chance yeah. you get. And I'll be honest, I think UK wins because of the style of this game. You look at this game plays well to UK the same way it played well for Xavier when Xavier right. played Auburn earlier. And Xavier played great, as we recall. If you let them get out and, and run and, and you give them gaps to drive and you let them get to the rim and draw fouls and you let them get the ball off the glass so their big men can go offensive rebound and draw more fouls on you, they're really difficult to beat. I think Kentucky wins this game. I think this is going to be a signature win for them on the road. It will be. Yeah, I I, I like the money line again. You know, the, the spread's only three. I like the money line. I think UK wins this one. I'm going to say 80 
to 74, Kentucky wins this. So definitely take the over. I, I mean, you win this game, you start putting yourself in the conversation if you take care of some business. I and mean, we're still early to do this, but you start putting yourself in that conversation of what, a, a two, three seed line for them? Yeah, and I think that sounds about right yeah. now. When you start thinking the North Carolina, and that's another game that's sort of in the same mold. A team that gets up and down and lets you play a little more free. Kentucky looked really comfortable in that game. When teams aren't packing it in and slowing the game down and taking them out of their rhythm, I think they've been pretty tough to deal with. And we know Auburn and Bruce Pearl is not the type of program. He's that's playing going, it. They're playing their style. They're not going to change. No, correct. They're not going to all of a sudden go, let's grind it out against Kentucky in this game. No, we're going to do what we do. And, and they have to They have to, They have have to. to handle us. Yep. We'll do what we do. They have to handle us. And I, it, I, I can see the game being, there's no doubt it's going to be an up and down game for sure. Yep. All right. Then you got UC at Wichita State. Wichita State is the underdogs in that one. UC is favored by five. 133 is the total in that game. Well, I'm going over because right now UC can't stop anybody. I mean, they, they just can't. Uh, Which is weird, was, weird to watch. It is. USF is not a very good offensive team, and they got in the 70s. And some of that is UC was able to push base. They only give UC credit for, I mean, they're getting in the 70s now themselves on a regular basis and winning games. Is that not weird to you, though? Because this is probably the least offensive. Offensively right. gifted team Mick has had in the last three or right. four I years, mean, it feels compared like. Compared to last year's team, for goodness sakes, you had two NBA guys and a guy playing overseas. And, and, the, and the guy and another guy who's now the leading scorer on this year's team was a pretty good score on last year's team, too. Right. I can't imagine Mick is happy with this. In fact, I know he's not because he got kicked out of the game last exactly. night. Exactly. He was beside himself uh, the game before after the UConn win in the postgame press conference. So this is it's weird to watch this uc team play but you're right i i think you got to take the over here because that game was at uc last night when they gave up 70 to us correct i think the total in that game last night was 125 and it soared over the 150 didn't it it went away yeah the final is it was 79 73 whatever i'm doing off the top of my head but yeah it was definitely in the 150s um but i can't take uc on the road given that many points though i mean two road games in the conference you lost east carolina and you were death to get to overtime at, at Tulsa probably should have lost the game you didn't found a way to win it's good for you it's what's what you need to do um, but man five is a big number for them on the road right now to cover I got to take Wichita on the points I'll, I'll, I'll give UC to eke out a victory because I think they are the better team but it, it this wouldn't shock me for a Wichita outright win either yeah, I'm with you. And I think Wichita State, especially if you kind of looked at the history of these two teams playing recently, Wichita State's going to be hungry for that win, yeah, too. Yeah, they're not and very good this year. I mean, no, they lost a not. bunch of guys. This isn't the Wichita State team that you've seen over the last five, six years uh, program-wise. But this is also a signature game for them, too, to where you kind of rally the troops and, hey, here comes the big dog in the league. Let's show them that we still got some fight in us. And I think they're going to get Wichita State's best punch. Yeah, I think this has become kind of the rivalry for these two right. teams in their right. conference. Right. So I do expect this one to be closer. I agree with you. I'm taking Wichita State state to cover i actually think they might pull off this win yeah so. I do. It's, it's, it's possible like i said i mean you've if you got the history of the two conference games you've played on the road so far the, the history doesn't bode well for uc at this point in time yeah i'm gonna go 72 71 on that one i think wichita state pulls out the win wow. and that that goes it's over as well UC. It's, it's more proof that you hate uc T- total homer i know total homer exactly xavier honk <laughs> finally nku at cleveland now, state here comes the nku honk in you <laughs> nku at cleveland state by, by the way Last week, I was not the NKU honk. I was the one who said they wouldn't cover that spread against Wright State, which they did not. They did not. And I think, it, what was the Ken Palm spread? Do you remember? Because the, the game spread was four and a half, I think, is what it closed. Yeah, at. the Ken Palm spread was six. If, if that, I don't think, yeah, it was, it was around that number then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I want to say it was like five and a half, six, yeah. something like that. Uh, so, by the way, the Ken Palm spreads are pretty good. No, actually, it was a little more than that. I want to say it was seven and a half on that one. Was it that many? Okay. Yeah, because you because you said they were going to house them and beat them by like 13 I or did. 14 I or something. I did say that. Yeah, yeah did so it was a decent, it was kind of a big number. I had a number. bad week last week. Yeah, I had a decent one. 
I was doing all right. A brutal week last week, I think. Yeah. I know I didn't football for sure. Well, I do pretty well because I disagree with you. I know. So that's a that, good point. That's it's, a, it's the George Costanza method. Yeah, just, take, just fade take skinny on all I your say, picks. Yeah, everything I say, go opposite. It's the opposite method. Absolutely. All right, Cleveland State uh, is the underdog here. NKU favored by eight points in this one. 144 is the total. Skinny, what do you got? doesn't matter where they play this game. It, I mean, it doesn't. Look, you can say anywhere in the league, on the road, in any league is hard. But you don't have much of a fan base, and it does. It, they're, they're they're just the better team. It's one thing if you if you're going into an environment where you know it matters to the opposite fan base. Cleveland State's just dreadful. Um, I'll go NKU eighty one sixty four. Not only does this game not matter to the opposite fan base. But it matters a whole lot to NKU because this is the team that popped them Correct. in the Horizon League Correct. tournament last year when they were the number one seed and yep. the chance to go to the NCAA tournament again. So I have to imagine they're going to come out with plenty of motivation and wanting to get a little revenge in this one. I can't imagine. Look, you play a game like this on the road in a conference like the Horizon League, it's easy to slip up and have a slow start, tough to get motivated for one like this. I don't think that's going to be a problem in this I game. I think if you'd have played this on a Tuesday night after that Wright State game, it may be different. If it if it wasn't the team that beat them in the right, like I've heard that since the preseason around this NKU program, everyone is well aware of who beat them in the Rising League Look, last you year. You will not need the John Brandon press break to win this game. <laughs> no, you will not. Still don't know if it's legal. I know they say it is. I still don't know if it's legal. The, I liked it though. Norris get to fifteen and four with this one. I think they cover easily. And does NKU lose another conference game? I'm you. <laughs> I'm just asking. Jerk off. I'm not answering I'm that just this asking. time. Right. You're not trapping me once again. All right, sorry. All right, Skitty. Let's take a look around the country. Some uh, national stories of note. I don't think they do. But go ahead. <laughs> We're going to stop. Do you think they do? Stop. Stop. Go ahead. I'm not falling for that again. Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray has declared for the 2019 NFL Draft. The 2018 Heisman Trophy winner, who is also a center fielder for Oklahoma's baseball team, or, or was at least, already had a contract in place with the Oakland Athletics of Major League Baseball, who paid him a $4.66 million signing bonus last June after making them the number 9 overall pick in the 2018 Amateur Draft. Skinny, let me ask you this. Would you rather be a quarterback in the NFL or a center fielder in Major League Baseball? I'd rather be a center fielder in Major League Baseball for, for multiple reasons. A, the injury, the injury factor, one. Two, in the NFL, the rookie contract is structured such that you do make some money if you're a first-round pick. You're going to make some money over those four years of the deal, although they could also make it a fifth year because they can exercise the fifth-year option on you. So you're really not getting paid Big, big payday until that second contract. Yeah, in baseball, kind of the same way, although you do get a nice signing bonus. Think about baseball contracts, though. They're they're guaranteed, and, and you got a chance to have an extended career and make way more money over that, that, that career. There is the grind of 162 versus versus 20, if you want to factor in the, the – the, uh, the preseason, although you don't play a whole lot in the preseason, so we'll just go with the 16. Um, I'd still, I think the money's money's got a chance to be better in in in, in baseball um, just because of the way it, it, the, the, the salaries are structured. No, I think you're totally missing the boat here. You're missing the big picture. Kyler Murray is not Mike Trout. He's not Bryce Harper. He is not a can't-miss baseball prospect. He well, might end- fair. He's not, I don't think he's a can't-miss NFL prospect. But, I think he could flame out in that rookie contract. Well, he might, but hold on. A guy who's not a can't-miss baseball pro- Heck, a guy who is a can't-miss baseball prospect doesn't necessarily sign a big endorsement deal within his first couple years. Heck, he's probably playing minor league baseball for oh, his first couple years, there's too. No, there's especially no doubt. in this there's case. There's no doubt. If he goes to the NFL right now, 
as a 5'9 quarterback with the type of charisma he has, the athleticism he has, the stuff he put on tape this year in college football, the clout he's built up Bake. with that Heisman. Johnny Manziel. Okay, but that's my ex- exactly my point. Because you can flame out, you can have problems in either sport and flame out just as quickly in either sport, but Johnny Manziel made a whole lot I, of money being the face of the Browns, being an NFL quarterback, that. signing a big I, so Nike deal. In, in your question, are you telling me that I'm a success in the in Major League Baseball or the NFL? I'm saying, which would you rather be? I'd still rather be an outfielder in, the, in Major League Baseball. Uh, see, I just it, to me... Even if you don't hit it big in either sport, you he is going to be a big name in the NFL, at least for this next year. At least for this next year, even if he flames out immediately. Did you see how butt hurt some that some woman who covered the A's for SB Nation, I think it was SB Nation was, where no. she basically wished him uh, that if he's not gonna play for the A's that she wished him to get hurt. She ended up getting that's, fired. She yeah, is, that's probably a she, good call. Jen Rainwater. Just go look up. How about that name? You, Jen Rainwater you know is my, her name. My guess is it wasn't real hard to get out from Jen's contract. Probably, my guess they were able to fire her pretty easily. Probably wasn't. That didn't count against the salary cap too yeah. much at SB Nation. Yeah. She's she's mad. She's She covers a team and that is, 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 is mad that he's going to maybe make another decision and not play for that team. Which, by the way, he hasn't made that decision Correct. yet. He declared for the NFL draft Correct. to give him a little bit more time to decide because if he give didn't declare, uh, yeah, right. he couldn't. Correct. He, he would have been passed up. Correct. So he hasn't made this decision. And even if he decides to enter the NFL draft, it's still not Correct. done. He can still go back to baseball. Yes. So yes. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Let me ask you this real quick because he's being talked about as, my guess is he's probably the number two quarterback in this year's draft I, after Dwayne Haskins. Nah, I don't know but he's talking about, about at number one, number two, and he's I definitely know. being talked about as a first rounder right they're talking, now. They're talking about, I mean, Arizona's thinking about well, taking number, one, number overall. one overall. Right. Well, should the Bengals be interested in him if he's there when they no. pick? No. I, I'm not taking a 5'9 quarterback. No, thank you. No. I, he's got some talent. I know not you can all. look and see what he did with Baker and all that. No. Absolutely no. No. There's, there's too many variables. Way too many variables. My thing would be I'd prefer if the Bengals are going to try to get a quarterback to sort of platoon with Dalton or figure out who's the better guy going forward. I'd like it to be a guy in the second round or third round that they're taking more of a yes. chance on after they already took their surefire guy in the first yes. round. That being said, they need to take a linebacker in the first round, period. End yes, of story. Yes, totally agree with that. And that's why I wouldn't take Kyler Murray because he's been talk about being talked about as a first rounder. If he was in the second round, though, I'm not going to be in the second. Somebody's no, going to take no, him. No, I totally agree. Yeah. But I have no problem with them going after a quarterback like this yes. in the second or yeah, third okay, round fine. because I'd like something that's totally different from Andy. If if you're going to say, we're not sure this, we're not sure if who's our guy is going to be, we're not sure if Andy's going forward with us or if we're going to move on, I'd like, hey, Get someone that's more dynamic. Get someone that's more that new style that can make more plays out of pocket and, and give you another dimension and see if maybe that's a, 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 a better fit for Zach Taylor's offense than Andy Dalton's going to be. Yeah, this is probably a conversation for next week because I'm going to write a column about this. But but there, there, there's some rumblings. I think NFL.com reported that that maybe we'll see Ryan Tannehill as a Bengal as a possibility because Zach Good Taylor God. coached him. And I think, but I think the overriding point to that is does that show that maybe they are ready to move on from Andy Dalton, that that they're willing to make an offseason move with him and then bring in Tannehill as a bridge guy, maybe draft a guy. Maybe if it's not draft a guy this year, maybe it's definitively Tannehill's just a bridge, whoever it is. And Dalton could just be that bridge for the next couple of years too, um, that that maybe you're ready to, to hit the reset button. And if you are, you're hitting the reset button at the quarterback position for sure. All right. Skinny, it's been talked about all over the country and sports and everywhere else this week, so I had to get your opinion on it. Clemson's trip to the White House has been the talk of the sports world after President Donald Trump ordered fast food for the celebration Monday night. Salad. 
Trump told reporters he was serving McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King with some pizza. Would you be bothered by this fast food buffet if you were a player? And also, what would be your top three or four fast food options you'd include on your dream fast food buffet at the White House? See, back in the day, if you'd have put that in front of me, back when when I was playing some ball and moving around, I I would have eaten just about everything in sight. That That looked really good. Today... I'm I'm lucky if I can get down a Wendy's double. I mean, I, I just it just times change. You know, your, your eating habits change. All of those things. Um, but that that was a that was a pretty good spread. I, I thought that was actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. So people were out, and I heard people making fun of McDonald's. McDonald's blew it out. McDonald's salads are really good. I'm just saying it. They're real. I like McDonald's salads. People were outraged by this, and it's one thing that I just don't really understand. Don't like this was some huge slap in the face to get. A fast food, but like, what? Do, my guess is they normally get no. From what I understand, they they don't even normally get fed at all, at all on these things. They just come make a lighthouse visit, do the photo op, and everybody moves on. I don't think that's true because I remember there was a couple years ago one of the players they just played the soundbite. One of the players uh, it w- was saying that uh, he his favorite part was the the sandwiches they had, or the chicken dinner they had or something it was the best thing he ever had. One of the one of the guys. So I think they've been fed before. I don't know if they do it every year. Yeah, I don't they do it all the time. Right? I know. I don't yeah. think they do do it yeah. all the time. I yeah. think guys have said they've gone there before. But like, if you've ever seen House of Cards, first of all, you know Freddy's Barbecue is the right play if you ever visit the White House. That's the first. That's, that's what you have to do. Um, that being said, outside of Freddy's Barbecue, like. How many options are there to feed this many people in a Correct. situation like this? Like, I would assume pizza is kind of like the... Who was the one? I heard one player had three Big Macs, two Whoppers, and it was something... It was Bockhorst, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it, it was. was. the kid from here. Yeah, yeah Local I, I boy. it was. I think Matt right. Bockhorst. Kid, yeah, the kid from St. X. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't... Plus, I also... Three Big Macs! I can't even, I can't even imagine that. What's, what's going to be more memorable? Like, uh, something like a chicken with a little uh, aioli sauce on yes. it and some asparagus served up by the guys in the kitchen at the White House? And, and you're looking and going, this ain't good. This ain't enough for me. Or, or, or the fact that after you leave that White House dinner of that, guess where you're going? You're going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> or you, get, you eat a Big Mac... A Whopper, a slice of pizza, and you stole two McChickens to put in your cargo no pockets question. for later. There's no question, you know that happened. That's a better story. Yeah, no that's doubt. what Bockhorst did yeah, allegedly. There's was no took question. Took a couple McChickens Absolutely. with them or something. Absolutely. So, which fast food joints would you have in your dream buffet? I, I, I have, we have a rotation of them because we don't cook much in my house, so it's we're we're kind of fast foodies for lack of a better, not fast foodies, but usually pick up Eat the out. Go. Yeah, we we are at least once a week. It's Canes. Um, that's in my Chick Fil A or Canes. It's, it's kind of the rotation week yeah. to week. For whatever reason, Penn Station is is a is a is a, is a, is a go to. You've literally got my number one and number three options right now. All right. Um, try for other than that. That's probably it. I mean, I, I can eat a McDonald's. I can eat a Big Mac every once in a while. Not certainly the way back in the day, man. It was like a constant. I would I crushed McDonald's, but then I worked at McDonald's too, and then you learned to really not like it a whole lot. Um, no, those are pretty much my, my two, or my three, because I Chick, Chick-fil-A's in there, but it's kind of the rotation with Cane's. Yeah. So for Cane's and, Cane's and Penn Station. I can do Cane's and you, Chick-fil-A you, in the same Are, are you counting pizza? Yeah. Yeah, I would include pizza See, in there. See, I, I, we are little roses just because it's convenient. It's not my favorite. There, there actually is, is uh, there's one that's that's around me that the family doesn't like. Bur, bur, it's bourbon, bourbon barrel or bourbon house pizza. Bourbon house. Bourbon house. Yeah, man, that's a good, that's man, a good one. And that's, huge. A, that's not a national chain though, is it? No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a local it's local. Deal. Yeah. I mean, that pizza is the size of, of, a, of an encyclopedia. Yeah, the, that's the, an Oakbrook people thing. Correct. Oakbrook people love awesome. that. Awesome. Awesome, but nobody likes it, so I never get it. Yeah, that is good. So that would be my go. That would be my go-to. They do the stuffed pizza. Yes, correct. Yeah. And Goodfellows in Covington. 
Oh yeah, Goodfellas is delicious. Goodfellas is the bomb. Big too. Goodfellas Big guy. Big slices. So that would be those would be my go-to's. How about you? Yeah, Raising Cane's is my number one. Yep. I would have that there. Um, the actually what about I, Zaxby's. Does Zaxby's count? No, well, I mean, are chicken it's, fingers just chicken fingers or no? No. Okay. No. There's you. definitely a difference Don't get between. Pissy. There's, it's, it's well, hard. hold on. I'm a little offended that you just said are chicken fingers chicken fingers like they're all the same. Absolutely not. I mean. Zaxby's and Cane's are the same. We just don't have a Zaxby's close to they're us. They're similar. They're not the same. Okay, they're extremely similar. Um, they're chicken with breading and a dipping sauce. Okay, that's you going back to all chicken fingers are the same, which is a very bad take that I totally disagree with. Okay, Zaxby's and Cane's are pretty damn close. Have you ever had Joella's? I have. That, that's the hot. That's the hot one, right? Yeah, that, I've only had that one time. I loved it, but I've never. I haven't gone back. It's delicious. Yes. That would be my choice, but I don't know. That's not really fast food. Easy no, to correct. cater, though. I feel yes. like Donald Trump could yes. probably get that done at the White House if he wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um. So I would go that, but I also don't know that that's a national chain either. Uh, I think that not, might not be more knowledge. regional. I think it's regional type yeah, deal. I would think so. Um. But Taco Bell was the one it, you it, didn't mention that I, I would I have in there. I used to love Taco Bell until I went to a certain one a few times over. It just wasn't. It was not prepared very nicely. It was not. It yeah. just wasn't good. I you get me four crunchy tacos with stuff spilling all over me as I'm driving. I used to be really good with that. Yeah. See, I, I'd like a nice like a good portion of chili cheese burritos. And then maybe like a ch- couple chalupas on the side too. Yeah, okay. I'm just a hard taco guy. A hard nah. taco with, and you got to put the salt. You got to put the hot sauce on it. Yeah, of hot course. sauce is a fan. It's 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 awesome. Do you do the chili cheese burrito though? That's a good one. You got to do the chili I cheese those, burrito. I make those at home actually. Well, yeah, that, that's better. Yeah, yeah, it's better to make it at it's home. A little skyline and a little cheese melted inside the burrito you buy. I mean, it's pretty. Or the tortilla shell you buy. It's pretty easy. But Taco yeah. Bell's a good. I'll give you that. That that would be third on my list. Penn Station's number two for me. I had Penn Station number three. I go. think Penn Station is a great call. You do little like quarter sandwiches there at the end of the buffet you just yes, get like a, a little chunk of a philly cheesesteak yes. could be perfect oh, to finish it all oh, off fantastic good call rick i uh, like it all right eagles defensive tackle michael bennett was caught on camera confronting a cameraman from cbs Phil- philadelphia while walking off the field after the eagles lost to the saints in sunday's playoff game the cameraman had been following bennett getting a close-up of his face after the tough loss and bennett took exception to that basically his whole thing was just like get your camera out of my face i'm walking back to the locker room you you got your shot like get out of here type of deal do you think players have the right to tell a cameraman to buzz off like that when they're up close shooting them in a tough moment? Or do you think that's part of the gig they've signed up for and they've just got to accept that that's part of the whole show? As long as you're not in my way as I'm walking off. Literally, as long as you're no, not in my way. And he wasn't. He wasn't. Right, I mean, correct. it was a thing where he's walking right, basically right down the middle of right. the field and the cameraman's off the side just yep. kind of following yep. him and showing his face. Yep. I that, That's the deal you sign up for, man. And I know CBS Philadelphia doesn't pay his contract, but TV in general pays a whole boatload of the money you're making, man. It pays for a lot of that league, and you just have to live with it. Again, if you're not in my way as I'm walking off and I'm having to walk around you or dodge you because you're in my way, then dude's just doing his job. You have to do your job, and that is just get off the field, go to your locker room. I agree with that. No, you don't. For the most no, part. No, you, you paused. You, you gave a pregnant pause. No, I, I think you're right about what you're saying, but I also have no issue with... He didn't start a fight with this guy. He didn't get physical with him. He wasn't intimidating. He did tell him to knock it off and get out of my face. That's it. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it. I don't. Doesn't mean I have to do it. Right. And I have no problem with the cameraman saying I'm doing my job. But I don't have. We ask players to be genuine. We ask them to uh, give us real quotes more often instead of just being this canned response. Michael Bennett's an idiot. Yeah. He's a total jerk off. I don't like the guy at all. But but I think. You can't hold the things he's done in the past against him in this situation. People are getting outraged like he's out of line here. I didn't think he was. I think this is a normal reaction to have, and I don't have a problem with him saying it, as long as 
He did it in a normal tone. It wasn't well, threatening say, and not or looking get, like he's... Or get physical. Yeah, you can't touch the guy, right. absolutely. But you can look at him and say, get out of here. Get the hell out of here. Go fall oh, something yeah, else. Yeah, I have I no think, problem with that. I think you have that. the right to do that, but I'm saying I don't have a problem with this cameraman doing his job. Me neither. And I don't have a problem with the cameraman saying, sorry, bud. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. Right. Uh, but it's just, it's one of those tough situations. But like, I think we we get sometimes too sensitive with like, oh, he's doing his job. He's, he's allowed to be there. They're paid. They're paid to do this. This is part of the job. Well, I don't know that getting a camera shoved in your face and in a tough moment is necessarily part of the job. I think like, yes, they're allowed to film that, but I think it's your right to be upset at that moment too. I don't think it's unreasonable to say, get that, get the camera out of my face. No, I, that I, seems I guess I, I, I think in this case, they're, they're both, both, both reactions are fine. I mean, the cameraman's doing his job. Michael Bennett wants to react that way. That's his decision. As long as you don't get, 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 uh, get. Uh, physical, then then that that part's fine too. Like I said, I think for the cameraman, as long as you're not in my way, and as long as I'm not having to walk around you, um, then he's got every right to do what he's doing. I mean, you've had the equivalent of this so many times in the Bengals locker room. Marvin Lewis is a perfect example. Well, he's, he's he was constantly. He, well, he was it. mad. Um, Jeremy Ralph from Fox 19 asked him if he thought it was was weird to have all the cameras in his face after that Steelers game because it was kind of like the reaction of last game as Bengals coach probably off the field. And Marvin went nuts saying he thought it was absurd. He thought it was it was, it was wrong. And I thought, no, they're, they're just doing their job. Again, if, as long as they're not in your way and you're not having to get around them, they're just doing their job, man. That's what you signed up for. Yeah, but it, but um, my point was it never bothers you when you go into a locker room and a guy doesn't want to talk to you or gets oh, mad no, at you because no. he's having a bad day and no. you asked a question that was tough. Like no. That's part of your gig, too, is I, I, to someone's going to be mad at you sometimes. There, there's plenty of times you walk up to a guy after a game, you got a minute, nope, okay, move on to the yeah. next guy. Or, live. or they do have a minute for a second, you ask a few questions, all of a sudden they're mad at you. Correct. And that's part of that's it. That's part like, of it. And I don't get... I don't think that's like out of line for them to be mad at me they're emotional right now my, my, one of my favorite ones ever was was in new england the, the 2014 it was a good bengals team it was they, they'd gotten off to a good start that year i think they were three and zero going to new england for a sunday night game and the whole run-up to it was bengals suck in prime time and that's all the questions that were being asked during the week players were getting annoyed by it so walked up to reggie nelson <laughs> After the game, Reggie's a go-to guy, good dude. I like Reggie. There were times Reggie just didn't like to talk, but usually Reggie was a pretty good dude. So I walk up to Reggie. I said, hey, man, you know, prime time again. This got to hurt. Does this hurt anymore? Before Reggie could even answer, I get Pac-Man Jones. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> was, was one of my favorite answers. Because I, I was I was kind of weird. Because Reggie, as I'm asking the question, I could tell the, yeah, the facial expression want, yeah. was going to be. So Pac-Man chimes in with that. I'm like, thank you, Chief. I got, I got what I needed. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! You have a pretty great one too with Carl Pickens, do you not? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I got a minute. The, yeah, no, no, this is this is <laughs> Carl Pickens was one of the worst people ever. I mean, just a bad guy in general, just a, and, and one of the worst people to ever deal with. So this is in the '90s. So I'm going back a ways covering the. It was me and uh, Todd Jones were, were covering the Bengals. It was my day. We kind of shared the beat. Um, so it was my day to be down there. So it was when Jeff Blake mania was happening a couple weeks into it. So I'm going to do the obligatory. Hey, the first game wasn't you know, look, first game looked lucky, right? He threw a couple of rainbows. Carl saved him, went up and caught balls. Okay. Maybe the guy just is lucky. Well, now all of a sudden the guy's starting to make some big plays. And so now it's time to do the Jeff Blake story. So Carl Pickens has got to be part of that, right? He's the main receiver. Carl, you got a minute. Probably the dumbest thing I've ever asked, but that's usually the icebreaker, right? Hey man, you got a sec, you got a minute, whatever. Yeah. 59, 58, 57. I go, I go, seriously, 56, 55. I said, this is what it's going to be like, 54. Finally, I just said, blank you, Carl, walked away. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, man, I'll answer you. And they're all cracking up in the corner. I said, no, I don't, I don't need your time. I got other guys that can talk. No, no, I said, blank you. I, it, okay, that's fine. You want to deal with that? I'll deal with that. <laughs> I love that. 
59, 58. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I did say a minute. What an idiot. But I'm like, I ain't. And of course, you know, he's got guy Darnay Scott and Tony McGee. That was just a quiet call at the corner of death because they were just awful. I just hated dealing with all of them. So you'd go to the corner of death only when you had to. Especially because well, they all sucked. Had. Correct. Like, that's the thing. You, you guys, guys have egos six, and you all six suck. And 10, 7, and 9, for goodness sake. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that, exactly. So I just told him what I felt. Blank you. I love it. All right, so after a couple of weeks away of, of not doing ghost sex stories, or even ghost stories, because we kind of got spooked, for lack of a better term, literally. You, you got scared off by people telling you to just stop. Yeah, and I didn't do what they told me to do, but I also haven't had anything else happen, so I feel like so I'm in the clear. you still made peace with the ghost? No, but now I'm thinking it was like just other explanations for it and it wasn't actually ghosts so i think i'm good i think i'd make peace well our guy chad brendel from bearcat journal who uh joins us uh, on our college basketball podcast weekly he's in for this podcast this week to uh, to share his own ghost story i'm looking forward to hearing about this one um you say you have seen a ghost yes okay i was young Okay, how young? Um, I, I've gone back over with my little brother about this. Okay. I, I think I was about eight okay. or nine. My mom... Well, well, memories can be a little fuzzy, but that's all right. No, I mean, it, you don't okay. forget okay. seeing a ghost. Okay. My mom used to live in a really big, like, plantation-style house out by uh, Big Bone Lick. Okay. Um, and the big farm. And we were told for a long time the place was haunted. And occasionally, weird stuff would happen. We'd hear weird noises, but it's it was like a you know a house built in like yeah or things the eighteen like fifties correct like a piece of wood has come come loose and the winds got it or whatever yeah. So I'm over there one one uh, weekend um, with my mom and my little brother and we're playing and um, it's probably eight nine o'clock at night. We're in the in our room and jumping on the bed and goofing around. Lights cut off completely. Just in the room that we're in. Just in the room that you're in. Yeah. and no, not, not in the rest of the house. Not in the rest of the house. Um, can I just make a plausible explanation of that, that a light bulb might have gone out? <laughs> the, except, that the, except that 10 minutes later, the light came back on. Okay. All right. A short circuit, short perhaps. Circuit. Could have been. We're big, was, we're big short circuit guys. We're, we're electrical engineers we now. 220, 221, whatever it takes. So it was, it was, I mean, weird for two little kids. Yeah. You know. Lights go out, lights come back. Like on. I said, the house is 150 years old. It could have been any. It could electrical, it could have been a, a, a number of things. So, it was a three-story plantation house and we were on the second story. And we're laying there. It's late, you know, we're supposed to be in bed, we're not sleeping, and we hear the rocking chair on the third floor rocking. Right, what time of year was this again? Um Probably fall. So the windows could have been open and the breeze could have come through the windows open to rock the rocking but chair. how do you know? So you're on the second floor. How do you know? It's, it's right like above us. Rocking so you can chair. hear, you like can hear a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. This is an old house. You can hear the creaking. Okay. You can hear the creaking, can hear the creaking of the rocking chair. I just wanted to know like what type of sound you're hearing. Just so, you know. Yeah. Okay. So Chad, we're freaking out a little bit. Chad. And we go and we walk over to where the steps are to go up to the third floor. And we kind of like go halfway up and we peek. And there was the ghost. In the rocking chair. In the rocking chair. What did the ghost look like? It was a lady, probably 40s, 30s, late 30s, early like 40s. Like hair from Gone with the Wind? Kind of, yeah. Like with the old dress, yeah. like an old blue dress on and the bonnet. And she saw us and she got up from the chair and she floated down the hallway. Come on no. now. Come on now. And into the room that was at the end of the hallway, like right through the door and gone. Did you pee your pants on the spot? We were freaked out. <laughs> freaked out. In the 
the interest of interest of full disclosure, like I almost just teared up right now. I don't know what happened. Like, that, <laughs> like God, I was like, what? Yeah. Um. Okay. So this is always my question when you actually see a ghost because I've never seen a ghost. I feel like maybe some poltergeist. That's what we poltergeist figured it out. Like the sounds or things get knocked down or whatever. I feel like I maybe been around that, but you never know because you right. can't see it. Does it look like? ghastly like we think of it in the movie or was it like a normal person it was like kind of like see like transparent like see-through like ghastly i don't need like yeah that's that's like a ghost how i envision a ghost looking that's so it's like the movie ghost is how you would think of it yeah i mean it wasn't like like skinny stumbling down the hallway drunk at at 3 a.m yeah honestly i've spent (laughs) so many nights just wishing skinny would come in ghost form and just drink bud lights with me at 3 a.m but no it didn't look at like it was floating, and it was kind of like transparent, like it like didn't you, say a word, didn't say a word, didn't like even really look at us or anything, just straight down the hall. Never saw her again. Bang a left. Never saw her again. Holy cow! And so, whose house was this again? My mom's. Okay. Um. Did was there like a guy that lived in the house at the time? Um. My mom. Yeah. Yeah, her husband at the time. Okay, I didn't know if like yeah, did she you, was married. Did, at the time. did you look back at the history of the did, house to see oh, yeah. anybody had gotten killed in the house? Yeah, like I said, it was an old plantation right, house. Right. So I mean, there had been a lot that had happened in that house, did like it, back in the eighteen hundreds and whatnot. Where is there a lot that happened in that house in terms of her husband having like other women around? Because that would have been a wild deal. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of, but I was eight. <laughs> she was looking to have ghost sex, and then she looked and went, "Ah, oh, they're just kids. I, I gotta go." <laughs> if go. I was sixteen, it could have been on. <laughs> could have been game on, man. Could have been game on for you. Damn. It's kind of messed Cougar up. Cougar ghosts. There's nothing like cougar ghosts. It's kind of messed up that ghosts back in the day had more decorum than our teachers do now. <laughs> no question. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, she was a very refined lady of the South. Uh, clearly. Holy cow. I, I, yeah, that's... So I've always... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm weird about it. Have you ever seen one since or thought no. you've seen one since? Nope. Or heard weird noises wherever you've lived since? I mean, weird noises and stuff, but that, like, yeah, I don't... Everybody has those, yeah. Yeah, but I, it's weird because, like, the only thing, like, I, the only reason I'm, like, firmly a believer in ghosts is because I've seen one. Yeah. Like, I don't have, like, a strong, like... Sense of the supernatural no. interest in it. Uh, I so what what do you guys say at that point you say nothing you scream you look at each other what happens we ran back to our room and like just like freaked out like oh my god oh my god oh my. like we can't tell mom like it, like did you ever like peek wait, out the rest of the night you can't tell mom that there's a ghost in the house I feel like that's the perfect thing to tell mom like Mom, you're cultivating just a horror house yes. on the third floor. Correct. What is going on? And that's where she goes, oh, yeah, stay off the third floor. <laughs> yeah, don't go up there. Oh, you met Betty. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed. I, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it, it, it has stuck with us. I, like, when you guys started doing the ghost stuff, like, I had to, like, make sure my brain was right on did all we, of this. Did we trigger you? Like, was that. Sorry. I mean, I just—it's not something <laughs> he repressed. He suppressed it for all it's these years. It's not something I really like. I—it's I, still in my brain, but it's not something I think about regularly. So I called my brother and was like, "This really happened, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, she was in the rocking chair upstairs. She got up. She went down the hall. Like, yeah, wow. I mean, that's a pretty—that's a that's legit story. Legit. Yeah, that's pretty legit. I mean, Dana had a legit story. He has a legit. I still story. picture that baby running down the hallway the whole time. <laughs> Every time I, listen, I think about that baby running down the hallway. Every time I walk down the hallway in my house, I'm like. It, see and I and I, I got hesitant. Like I didn't I didn't know if I wanted to come on and tell the story because Diener's story was so good. It was good. 
Yeah. It, and it was later in life. Right. So, yeah. like, there was... so potential drunk high school yeah. yeah, going on, too, though. Yeah, I mean... Where buddies probably set you up. He said that's his fear of talking. He still hasn't talked to that guy yet. He said his fear is that he's going to talk to that guy. He's going to go, yeah, you know, we had a big elaborate put on for you. <laughs> Dude, but I will say, if it goes I mean, down... I I'm just picturing the Ali McBeal baby running down the hallway. If it went down <laughs> as he described it, though, um, there's no way they had the technology to do no, what he was saying. not back then. Not back then. Probably not. Wow. Well, Chad, so, brother, we appreciate it. That that's pretty phenomenal. To be yeah, honest with you, that was better than I expected. Honestly, I just I'm I am I want to see a ghost because I feel like I definitely believe. But until you actually, I feel like until you see right an actual no, thing right. manifest itself, it's hard to like be like, oh yeah, there are definitely ghosts. Yeah. No, you're a I, I, I have one. There he is. He's he's a, he's a true believer. You still aren't sure. You better make no, peace. No, I'm, I'm. You best make peace. I'm all in. I'm not tempting ghosts. Don't to tempt be very him. clear. Next time, you, next time you go to if that, you, if you go out towards Big Bone State Park and you're going to a, a white plantation house, don't go in. Okay. I I mean, I, or go in and, and see if Betty's there. Yeah, I'm stay like, out, stay I, off the third floor. I'm not against ghosts. I have full confidence in them that they're real. Um, I just don't. Not poking fun at him. Yeah, I just, just don't I, have any personal. Experience. I've never gotten to see one. I have all these little like things where it's like, oh, that could have been something, but there's also other explanations for it, right? Yeah. PCP there was no other PCP explanation PCP for what we went angel through. Dust, that's all I can tell you. It's angel dust, Holmes. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. It really, truly is. There's no explanation for what we saw other than it was a ghost. That was it. All right, all Chad right. Brendel. Thank you. Right, thank you. Our thanks to Chad Brendel. I mean, it, it's it's a good one. That's that was pretty solid. Like I, the problem is, we had such a good one with Daner to start out. I know that I was like worried: is anyone else's story going to match up? But it, I feel like if you see a physical manifestation of a ghost, period, that's a great story to have. And, and let me just tell you, Chad can get over the top with some things he says. He he was for real. I mean, he was for real. Chad was for real. But Chad's also one of the weirdos, like we mentioned when we were getting Daner's story, where it's like anything could have happened in that place. That's like, true. No idea what this farmhouse was that he was at. No Like question. a three-level plantation brothel, it sounded like. had <laughs> just a bad history to it, man. <laughs> had a bad history to it. All right, our thanks to Chad Brendel. For Rick Roaring, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Potpourri Edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. <laughs>